History is made by the Republic of Ireland. I'm honestly speechless. I mean, we're going to a World Cup, but it's what dreams are made of. For all the best reaction to the girls in green qualifying for the World Cup, subscribe to the OTB Football Podcast stream now. The News Round on Off The Ball. With Gillette, for an effortless finish to your day. New Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. This is News Talk. All right, you're welcome along. It is Thursday's Off The Ball. Nathan with you until 10 o'clock tonight. We've got a busy show. Only the greats need apply to appear on tonight's show. It's all right, Mick. Carl, you're in. Alongside John Giles at half past seven. Uh, looking back on the week's football, uh, he'll be talking about Cristiano Ronaldo and whether he should have a permanent place in the Manchester United team. We'll get his thoughts on Leeds United season as well. And a lot of people talking about them. Five games without a win, though. Slowly dropping down the Premier League table. And obviously, all Leeds fans want to know what John Giles thinks about their club. So that's coming up at half past seven. After eight o'clock, Brian O'Driscoll uh, looking at Munster. And uh, I'm sure just more, more joy for Munster fans. Really looking at Munster. Really looking at Munster. Uh, talking about Johnny Sexton as well, who uh, somehow is just getting better and better. It turns out, what is he, 37 now? He's not going to retire, is he? He is. At the end of the World Cup, is he? Oh, He does like Tom Brady. I, I, I just, there's something about him. I just feel he might go even till the end of that season. Why would you retire? I don't understand why you would retire at the end of a World Cup. There's matches two weeks later. The season starts again two weeks later. Back you go. I don't know. I. Uh, it is a funny like, he thing. He spent his entire career with Leinster, and he's but now he's going to retire with Ireland. No, go back and retire with Leinster. What do you mean? He spent his entire career with Ireland as well. But why? Why should? It's why should, why should he signed for Ireland last Ireland, week. Like. Why should Ireland be the end? Because it's the pinnacle of the game. He's going to win the World Cup as captain. If you win the World Cup, it's different. I think if you go out in the quarterfinal again, though, you go back and you play for Leinster in the URC and you take your punishment Leinster for another will be season. Moving on at that stage, they'll have plans. You can't just decide. Uh, actually, I'm turning up for training tomorrow. He'll have no, no contract. They've been trying to move on from Johnny Sexton for about seven it, years. He won't so. be a professional rugby player employed by Leinster. He can't just like show up to train it. You give me a trial, Leo. <laughs> uh, it's it's they're not going to lock to the door. Two week contract after the World Cup. No, yeah. it is funny though. This conversation used to be about thirty, but now we're talking about you know, players playing into their late 30s and maybe even pushing 40. But we do we do de- decide that people need to retire based on the number of years they've lived rather than how they are playing sport. It's a strange thing, you know, isn't it? It's like, it's like oh, God, yeah, no, God, pushing 30 now, you know, past his prime. I don't know, how, how many years have you got left, you know? GEA in particular, I think, yeah, as soon as you're, you're right, turn 30, yeah. it's like you're finished, you know? Mm. It doesn't matter that you're... Like, if you're TJ Reid and you're in contention for hurler of the year, as soon as he didn't have one good game against Galway in the Leinster Championship this year, it was like, oh, TJ might not have it anymore. I think the GA is different, though, because of the amateur status and there's a feeling that as oh, it's just a you get older and start sports, having yeah. kids that the commitment becomes too much. But you're right. I'm listening to Wednesday Night Rugby last night and they're talking about Johnny Sexton looking as fit and as sharp as he has done in years. No great injury concerns right now. So why then... Is it just been decided that next November, that's it? Well, I suppose Johnny decided, didn't he? Well, there's a possibility that like everything just falls off a cliff at some stage, which is far more likely at that age. But if he's still playing brilliantly well, yeah, surely he can go to the end of that season. I'm sure he could, but like, does he want to? It's a big. Co- like, I, I, I you build yourself. That. You build yourself. No, but I'm saying you build yourself up to a World Cup. I know the game. I know the season continues or starts again but like I mean it's going to be a slow burn for the World Cup players you build yourself up to it it's almost going through another preseason. it isn't like 
there is a kind of a sense of I give it everything I have to get to this point. Interesting to talk to Woody about this sometime actually, because he did that in the O3 World Cup. A lot of it. He's only 31, mm. unbelievably, but he obviously had a lot of injuries. But like, did everything he could to play in the O3 World Cup. But I always got the impression like, could he have stayed on after that? I don't think his body was letting him. But I was also like, I did everything I could to get to this point. There's nothing left here. I can't go back. Do you to wonder it. if mentally, actually, that Sexton is playing this well right now because he knows he's just got a year left? That's well. I don't know, he it's plays possibility. that well all the time, doesn't he? Mm. He's sort of Different players are wired different ways, aren't yeah. they? But I suppose the World Cup would be a natural ending point, wouldn't it? Because it's such a pinnacle in someone's career, depending on how they do. I think you have a fair... Sorry, I, I, I know I'm kind of, you're kind of setting me up to argue with you here. But no, I'm not. I'm just... I, I do, no, but I you have a fair point in that... guilty, we, it's and like I know the age thing. also said it, that we're saying it's the end, but it doesn't have to be. He could just keep playing at a very high level for another year. Yeah, well, he said he's going to retire, which I think is that, to answer that question. But I think your point on, like, why does it have to be the World Cup is because it traditionally is, or it's like that's what people have done in the it's past. It's the end of the cycle. Yeah, it's the end of a cycle, yeah. But anyway, that doesn't necessarily mean that you, you should stop. It should be up to the individual. Uh, 53106 is the text number. Add off the ball on social media. Football show from 9 o'clock. Philippe Claire is going to be with us to give us the full rundown on what's going on with Kylian Mbappe and Paris Saint-Germain. Uh, Kylian Mbappe is behaving despicably, yet I think because it's Paris Saint-Germain, everyone feels, ah, oh, well. Yeah. Sort of bring this on themselves, don't they? Is Listen, if he, said, <laughs> if, he said, if he said he wants to play with two up front, and they don't give him two up front, and they stick with Neymar and Messi alongside him, come on, who's not going to be annoyed about that? <laughs> they gave him... Their word. They, they, look, no, it wasn't that they gave him their word. It was that Kylian Mbappe clearly wanted to go. They rolled out every red carpet in Paris to keep him there on this incredible sweetheart two-year deal, which was like, we can't afford to lose you. And he signed on. If promises were made in that and they're not being kept, and I don't know, I don't know if it's behaving despicably to say, here, let's stick with plan A here, folks. Let me go, you know? Mid-season, after they've just... But again, if they, have, yeah, but if they haven't fulfilled the terms of his agreement well let's but find out let's, uh, let's find out from Philippe as to how much that is the case mm-hmm. and well, like it's speculation alright so that's coming up at 9 o'clock there's a lot of live football as well this arguing evening this fella, isn't it, I'm, I'm just throwing it out there you're the one who's debate, arguing debate listen <laughs> you don't argue like this when Joel's here he doesn't he does, he's not constantly you, looking you, for you a fight you're, like, you're, you're, you're <laughs> the one who's switch positions here and move over in the middle <laughs> for a fight uh, we'll have Stephen Doyle and Tala as well uh, throughout the course of the evening keeping a close eye on Shamrock Rovers against Mulder and we sort of hoped at this stage of the campaign we'd be getting very excited about this and maybe there'll be a win under the belts in that home second home game of the campaign you kick on from here I think really the team selection last week has just killed a lot of the enthusiasm for it. Yeah, it's been disappointing, hasn't it? Because it's such a huge thing to get to the group stage of a European competition for Irish clubs over the last however many years and just the manner of the results so far haven't gone their way. I wonder, is it a a backhanded compliment to the league and the strength of the league that they're prioritising that right now? Uh, Derry City have put in a big challenge over Mm. the last number of weeks and it's obviously a huge game between the two teams coming up towards the end of the campaign. But um, I guess Stephen Bradley could be vindicated in that they won their game against Shelburne last Sunday, having named that weaker team the previous Thursday. With the last kick of the game. I was there. Give it all that when the goal went in. I started the season as a season ticket holder, Shamrock Rovers, but not really being that bothered. Just went because it's, you know, 
get to spend time with the kids. They love going, having a bit of crack and all that. But I just felt this isn't me. This isn't me. And then I find myself when Rory Gaffney smashes it into the back of the net, having an outer body experience. I'm off my feet. I'm roaring in the face of the guy beside me. I'm pointing <laughs> at Duffer going, take that Duffer. I'm all take in on this. Duffer. <laughs> There's something about a last minute winner though. If you're involved, oh. I've been to matches as a neutral and like if you're in with the right fans, you get so caught up in it. And if something like that happens, like a last minute winner, it is it's it's actually beyond explanation, isn't it? Like to, to ah, kind of, just like what it, that moment come, is like, you know. It had come after they had missed two absolute sitters there was one was it from Aaron Green that went right the way across the six yard box and bounced an inch and it was right at the angle we're sitting and you find yourself on your knees on the ground with your head in your hands <laughs> like this is life sport this is why you should go to these games like you just don't know when it's going to be a cracking game you find yourself more and more involved I would heartily recommend it when uh, the season tickets go on sale for Shamrock Rovers or anybody like they do unbelievable deals once the season finishes I think my season ticket was 170 quid 20 quid for the kids mm. For a season ticket, it was 18, 19 home games. Unbelievable value. Other football clubs, look, if Richard also here, giving it, giving it all five balls, they're probably giving it for free or something like that, or they're, I don't know. Yeah. So has your newfound Shamrock Rovers fandom resulted in a uh, hatred for both? Not really. I haven't got to that level as right. of yet. I'm happy just to. You were saying take that duffer, wish. though, so it's like the Dublin Derby's. I was duffer, you can tell duffer was dead. Oh my God, he was. Devastated. Yeah. He, and he knew what was coming. But do you not feel sorry for Damien Duff as an as a as a Irish oh, footballing legend? No, no, because it, it just adds to the drama. I think because of Duffer's personality and all the interviews he's been doing, that actually Rover, uh, Shell's losing in dramatic fashion pr- is going to provoke a brilliant response from him, which it did. Like, he marched over to the referee and he was right to be annoyed because I'm fairly sure it wasn't a corner kick uh, that Chamber Crovers uh, were given for the goal. And he comes over towards Stephen MacPhail and they're marching towards each other. I was like, uh oh, uh oh, this could be interesting, obviously, yeah. former international teammates. And he smacks Stephen MacPhail's hand, <laughs> but is laughing as he does it. He just realises they've been screwed over and he's a brilliant hug with uh, Stephen Bradley in that. Uh, yeah, Duffer, semi-finals of the Cup this weekend. Yeah, Duffer in the weekend. Cup final would be great. Wouldn't it? Great for the game. It's actually been a great season for the League of Ireland, I think. And the league, I think the league title is up for grabs over the next couple of weeks as well. I think Derry City, I taught them from the start of the season that they might because they signed so well uh, in the off-season. But I just wonder. I just the Rovers wrecked. Like, like, is that, is that, like is, the, is the conversation about Stephen Bradley and what he did last week you know, are you saying uh, it was justified by the last... I by, think by Sunday was a game won, changer. the fact that they, it was a last-minute winner, I think. I think is the, it, so there were, what, 1-0 down... Or there were 2-1 down with 15 minutes left. And at that stage, if it stays like that, it's in Derry's hands. Derry know if they win all their games, they win the league because they would have to beat Rovers within that. Now they're five points ahead with four games remaining to play at Drogheda at the weekend. They've got they've Pats. Got pass. That could Pats be the at one, home yeah. next Friday night. Obviously huge. So, again, I say I, say I find myself more as a supporter... Every part of me, though, wants that game in Tala against Derry for it to be up to gra- up for grabs. That it, to be a two point lead or a three point lead. That if Derry win, maybe they go and win the league. But I still want Rovers to win it in the last minute, so I get my my little buzz. Uh, we're talking about Johnny Sexton, and now I'm saying one more year. I'm starting it right here today. One more year for Johnny. His family are like, dear God, what are you doing? <laughs> Is he allowed to retire from international rugby? I oh, can retire from international rugby. He should give back to his province. So full hey, commitment. So URC Rodney Parade Friday night in the rain. Come on, Johnny. Take take away Kieran Farley and Harry Burns game time. 
That's not. And then this they is have the to thing go I think. Like, that's Ireland. not his responsibility. I'm not if saying it, I'm not saying it's good responsibility, enough. but I'm saying you're you're taking him out of the Ireland team, and then the play, the people that have to replace him with the Ireland team are now no, not playing any rugby. I don't make the rules. I don't make the rules. You forget Johnny spent Thank a year God. playing in Paris. Oh, we do, yeah. He didn't spend his entire career. I say he spent his entire career. I apologise for that. Uh, but the IFU broke their rules by picking him for Ireland when he played in France. In fact, Ireland's the only team he's always been available to play I for. Apologize. Nathan, I apologise. So completely wrong on that. Uh, lads, Johnny has to avoid injuries for him and his family. I'm 51 and I'm a jocker from old sports injuries. The walking Sam Beckenbauer. Haven't heard from uh, I, I won't old lie. WB in a while. Beckenbauer. I feared that you know, COVID had had an impact because... <laughs> Pre-COVID. <laughs> well, he's been a jocker. Who like. here? <laughs> he's been a jocker because of that. It's great to have the walking town Peckenbauer back. Anyways, we should get into the... Uh, <laughs> went off with several... That's a deep cut. Several tangents. Not even a slight tangent on a Thursday night. Uh, all right, so we're going to start uh, with Republic of Ireland women's team and news from UEFA. Yeah, so UEFA has launched an investigation after the Republic of Ireland players were filmed appearing to sing a pro-IRA chant after their Women's World Cup playoff win over Scotland. A video circulated on social media of the team celebrating in the aftermath of the win at Hampden Park on Tuesday night and the FAI manager Vera Pau and the players have apologised for the incident. This is getting ridiculous. Is this not getting absolutely ridiculous at this stage? The reaction has gone totally over the top. We all acknowledge they acknowledge Vera Powell couldn't have been stronger in acknowledging that what they did was wrong. Yeah. The overreaction yeah. is now worse than the far, far worse. The, it was naive in the use. extreme, yeah. immature, stupid, whatever you want to say, what they did in that dressing room. But they are being punished way beyond the crime that they have committed here. This should have been the biggest night of their lives. They have done something that no Irish team has ever done before. They have blazed the trail for Irish football and there is a group of people who just want to publicly shame them. Yeah, I don't who even want to tarnish it who just will not leave them alone now who can't move on until until what? I don't know. Like the players should be out there everywhere today, tomorrow. Like, are they on the late late show tomorrow night? They should be on the late late show tomorrow night. I don't know if they will be because this is still the story that is out there. Yeah. They've made a mistake. They get it. They've held their hands up. Yeah. It won't happen again. Yes, I, it's it's impossible for to have that conversation when you hear some of the victims on the radio over the last couple of days. But everybody knows that that was not the intention. That is not everybody what they were singing knows. about. It's dishonest to say you don't, and it's dishonest, and it's it is fodder for columnists who maybe haven't uh, you know had a good column in a while. And you know, let's have the national discussion about up the raw, whatever. But like, that's I, I actually understand why it happens. I think it's okay to both feel sorry for them that this has happened mm. this way and that they've lost out on that moment, and also not just acknowledge that it was wrong, but acknowledge that like that lesson of that lesson needed to be learned by a lot of Irish people, but in particular Irish sports people that are going to be filmed and this is going to happen. You know what I mean? Like I, That lesson needs to be... It's okay to, to feel both ways. But now we've just got to the point where like, it's one story after another about it. A much smaller incident than them qualifying for the World Cup. I think objectively so, because anybody who actually looks at this honestly and takes into account exactly what was happening was that this was a moment within a song within 50 songs that was happening mm. and it is as I said last night in the show this is the the way everybody sings this song and this is a lot more than the Irish women's football team who sing this song by the way right 
I've never heard it saying where I thought it was sectarian. I always thought it was what I would describe as a silly word for it, right? But bold. It's exactly you know what the I mean. Right it's word. like it is like you're you're kind of when like, you were twelve oh, or thirteen. Yeah, but even in your, do you know what? Mm. Sometimes we're in our twenties and thirties, and we still act stupidly yeah. in that in that way. And there's a kind of a forbidden element to it that makes it in a group, in a euphoria, just something that they went along and did, you know. And that's all it is. And the idea that there's anything political or that we need to have this big kind of like conversation about the IRA and the national airwaves constantly for the last two days. I think it's beyond ridiculous. Like, what are you UEFA investigating? What are you investigating? Like, what, what, is, what is the potential punishment for this? Like, where does, that, where does that end? A song about Celtic. Where does that end? Like, it's nonsensical. And I really hope that they can move on from this and that the players can start enjoying this once again. Because, like, I'm sure. And I know from being around the team hotel yesterday morning, like, the, the tone changed very quickly as Chloe Mustaki did that interview with Sky and Vera Powell followed up and a real realisation of, like, this is now the story. We've just qualified for the World Cup, but have been on Sky Sports News for 10 minutes and six, seven minutes of it has been about this. And the realisation for the players that this was now a huge deal that was right in front and centre for the Irish public. So I hope they can get back to enjoying the celebrations and this will always be there. This will... It will be a stain. It will be something that comes up even when the World Cup comes around next year again and again and again. But you're right. It's not the main thing. It's not the main thing that happened this week from this group of players. So hopefully, and I assume that UEFA uh, investigation will come to nothing. <laughs> Let's wait and see. I, uh, <laughs> UEFA. You've heard of them, right? I, I have. So what will they do? Uh, they game do behind it. closed doors. You know, yeah. They have to close one of the stands in Tala. The new one they're just building. That was going to say. <laughs> I'll teach them. We're one step ahead of you. Play it in daily, Mount. You're only going to open half the stadium. It'd be interesting. Uh, Vera Powell was saying um, almost off the cuff now, I, I gather since, uh, about where they go next, that, that they... She spent all the budget for next month's friendly uh, by going off on a training camp to Turkey during the summer. Uh, and a good idea. Uh, I think on the assumption of, well, once we qualify, they're not going to say you don't, can't play a friendly in that November. Uh, but Tal has been redeveloped, so they can't play there. So she sort of was thrown out of Aviva Stadium. Would it be a possibility? I said, unfortunately, the only team that would probably fill the Aviva Stadium would be a game against England, which right now probably isn't the most likely thing to happen. I, do you think this will have this, those kind of legs that England, the FA know. will refuse to play us? Like the engage with the FAI? I don't think so. It would add to it, I would think. I, I'm not sure that. I'd, I'd imagine England's calendar is probably full, is I probably came the issue. You know? with, you know, 40, I'd like to see 50, them go to like Turner's Cross that, that, or something. I suspect yeah. that's where they'll end well. up. Yeah. Galway? Yeah. Want to go west? Why does it have to be just to Cornish Cross is, is, is the probably most suitable venue, I would say, that, as opposed to the most uh, suitable city. Six and a half, seven thousand. What, what have you got against Cork? Nothing. You're trying to bring me to why can't they go to Galway? To move, and I'm I said I picked the stadium, not I, a city. I'm trying to move the controversy on by you know getting you to create a new controversy. Uh, they're up to a career here. high in the <laughs> world rankings. Yes, they are. They're up to 24th in the new women's world rankings. They've moved up two places. Scotland have dropped to uh, 25th. It means Vera Powside are set to be in pot three for the World Cup group stage draw on October 22nd. USA lead the rankings. Sweden second, Germany third and England are in fourth.
Uh, so the football that's going on there's uh, matches underway already I see Arsenal are on TV in front of us I bought a glimpse of great story and they played some really good football tonight but they're 1-0 down uh, Shamrock Rovers what 40 minutes from now yeah they're taking on Mulder tonight in the Europa Conference League and the Rovers manager Stephen Bradley says they have to approach tonight's game in a positive manner the Hoops are bottom of Group F with just a point from their opening three matches they lost 3-0 against the same opposition last week in Norway but speaking to Shamrock Rovers TV Bradley insisted they're capable of getting a result tonight well, we know these are a very good side. We knew that before a ball was kicked and we seen that last week. So we have to respect their qualities. Uh, but we've also got to make sure that we perform and, and impose ourselves on them when, when possible. Um, there's going to be times we're going to have to go without the ball. But when we've got it and we're in the game, we've got to go and really hurt them. The heat in this studio. <laughs> I think this is why I'm cranky. Jumper was a bad <laughs> I choice. Came into an email <laughs> saying that, I came into an email saying there was a problem with the heating in the building and there'd be no heating in the morning. So almost like they're doing a trial run for later in the winter of, uh, you know, wrap up well, wear a few extra layers. It's all been transferred oh in God. here. Oh there's, there's no air conditioning. There clearly hasn't been in about three weeks. I don't know what's going on, but the sweat is pumping out of us in here. So apologies <laughs> for uh, us ranting and raving. Uh, so that's Shamrock Rovers, 8 o'clock. Uh, we'll be across to Stephen Doyle uh, throughout the course of the evening. Uh, what else is going on? Well, the other game in that group is ongoing in uh, Shamrock Rovers group, and it's your Gordon 4, again 2. That game kicked off at 5.45, so there's just 12 minutes uh, left to go. Their kick-off tonight at Tallis Stadium, as I say, Nathan, uh, for that game is at 8 o'clock between Shamrock Rovers and Molda. At the same time, West Ham United host Anderlecht in Group B. Hearts game against Fiorentina in Group A is underway as well since 5.45, and it's Fiorentina 4, Hearts 1. That game 2 approaching full-time. In the Europa League tonight, we mentioned Arsenal their way to Bodo Glimt in Group A. That game kicked off at 5.45 as well it's Bodo Glimt nil Arsenal won just uh, over 8 minutes of normal time left to play there Bakaya Saka on target uh, for the Gunners Manchester United take on Ammonia Nicosia from 8 o'clock in Group B Cristiano Ronaldo among the starters for United tonight and uh, the United manager Eric Ten Hag is hopeful that Ronaldo can contribute more as the season progresses We have a certain demand on players what we expect from him uh, in certain positions on the pitch I want to get the best out of him now obviously he's getting in a better shape now and I'm happy with that so he can contribute more to the squad and I'm sure he will do Uh, So uh, we keep an eye on that one as well. Manchester United, by the way, we got them live here and off the ball on Sunday. Um, Myself and Vinnie Perth will be covering United against Newcastle at two o'clock. And then Liverpool, Manchester City from half past four. Stephen Doyle and Damien Delaney. Yeah, it's. uh, It doesn't feel it this year, does it? It's sort of a. Geez, could City really do a job on them? It's like when Arsenal and United play now. You know, it's not quite that yet. There's a possibility Liverpool actually this kicks. I think it's yeah. That's what I was going to say. Is this not the game that Liverpool kind of want? I don't. It's a fixture they've performed so well in in recent seasons. But do you know what? And I've ended up commentating on quite a few of them over the last couple of seasons. If the last few City have looked a good bit better, Liverpool have managed to grind out the result. Mm. And you would worry just with the form during domestically. Obviously last night, yeah, they got the big win against Rangers. Uh, Everyone's sort of like, that doesn't really count, though, does it? Doesn't really count. Uh, I'll be apologising for that now, will I? It's just because Rangers aren't very good anymore. Uh, Jesus, Nathan. This, that's, that's, that's UEFA will be on to you. UEFA investigation. Yeah. Maybe it, like they, we could well be looking back at the you know when the break-up for the World Cup and Liverpool have gone the run and started with the victory against Manchester City, but it feels like a bit of a long shot right now. Anyway, you get the two of them live and off the ball. Uh, we're not going to Gibraltar 
God damn it. No, the senior men's team, the Republic of Ireland senior men's team, that is, will face Gibraltar and Portugal during their Euro 2024 qualifying campaign. The Gibraltar FA has confirmed their home fixtures will be held in Faro. A new national stadium is set to be developed in Gibraltar and construction is set to begin next year. So that rules that venue out and that's why Gibraltar will be playing at Faro. And are you just redeveloping the Victoria Stadium? Is it still going to be beside the airport? That's my understanding. That's the most important part. But I can't imagine actually there's any room really anywhere in Gibraltar to just... Let's find a green space. So that's handy. There's an airport right there. Hopefully nobody will book their flights to near Gibraltar or to Gibraltar for that game. Uh, URC. Uh, I, I did the USC a disservice earlier in the season. I was like, it often felt like glorified friendlies. Like it's actually been bloody brilliant so far. Mm. The way it's not probably doing the Irish teams any favours the quality of the games they've played this early in the season mm-hmm. uh, but another cracker tomorrow night yeah it's Connacht against Leinster tomorrow night in the URC and Tyg Furlong and James Ryan will both make their first starts of the season for Leinster in that game they've been included in that team to face Connacht at the sports ground uh, tomorrow evening Johnny Sexton though isn't in the match day squad Connacht make five changes to their team following their win over Munster last week and former Leinster duo Josh Murphy and Peter Dooley are among those to come into the site to the paying public of the West of Ireland not deserve to see one of Ireland's greatest ever players one last time do they not he'll be there next year that's what I'm saying next year yeah that's what I'm saying get him down there you can't just skip the sports ground on your farewell tour no chance warm studio you say didn't Sligo's Martin Brennan complain about the heat in the Alan Partridge studio just before singing rebel songs on the BBC apt says Betty and Galway (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's uh, a fair point. I, I think I, I we'll cannot, refrain from the rebel songs tonight. Can you, like, can you, can you visualize that Martin Brennan that. piece and not think of Kevin Kilban? <laughs> uh, there's something about it. I just think <laughs> I just don't. There's nobody who just takes more pride in that piece than Kilban. He just loves it. Yeah. Okay. Just saying. I just he likes that kind of that those kind of. That is a nice thing to just yeah. you know. It's a nice thing for him to be associated with. So in case he's listening, he wants to, you know that he still feels part of things. Yeah, exactly. We miss him. We we miss him. We miss him dearly. Come back, Kev. We talk. We talk to Kev soon. He'll be on soon. Yeah. About Canadian football. Well, Canada in the World Cup, so he will absolutely be on about Canadian football. Former teammate of. Uh Thomas Rezinski and Paul Pescasolito I heard recently. Yeah, two great Canadian footballers. He, uh, I had a, uh, I had a voicemail. I don't often get voicemails from Kevin Cabana, unfortunately, but I had one on uh, Saturday where he outlined in detail the MLS playoffs and uh, how the Canadian teams were going. And if you thought his Nations League confuser, uh, confuser, that's what you should call it. His Nations League explainer, the confuser his with Nations Kevin League Caban. explainer was confusing. This was particularly confusing and also very dull. It turned out at uh, the MLS playoffs. God. Digs at everyone today. Sorry, I don't know what's It's the heat. Uh, give us a couple of other bits and pieces there. Well, let's we uh, hear from the Munster legend Paul O'Connell. He says he believes his former team season will turn around. Graham Rowntree's side have endured a difficult start to the new campaign. Just one win from their opening four matches in the URC. O'Connell was speaking with her own Ashley O'Reilly at today's information briefing at the International Rugby Experience in Limerick. And he says Munster have the capabilities to improve their current run of form. No, it's not been easy for him, but I had coffee with one of the Bulls, uh, Blue Bulls fitness coaches there in Limerick at the moment, and uh, I worked with one of them, Steph Francais, I had coffee with, with one of them yesterday, they lost, they lost, I think, six out of their first seven last year and ended up in the final, um, you know, and they, they learned lessons, they, they really struggled at the start of the year against the Irish teams, they realised they had to change what they were doing and they were very adaptable, so Munster have, have made big changes to their, to their coaching staff, they've made big changes to how they want to do things and uh, 
you know, they just need to remain calm and, and, and hang in there and it come right. They've very, very good people involved in the coaching setup. I know that Andy, uh, Simon, Cassie and, and John Fogarty struggled when they first took over from Joe Schmidt after the World Cup. And I think if you know what you stand for and you've clarity in terms of how you wanna how you wanna play, um, it takes time to bed in. But if you do have that clarity and know what you stand for it'll come right in the end and uh, be confident that will happen with Munster as well uh, that is Paul O'Connell that full interview you can watch on our social channels now we'll have it for you on the radio tomorrow night as well you can listen to the podcast of course uh, he's in serious shape Paul O'Connell isn't he yeah he's looking well better than ever he's looking retirement suiting him maybe that's what Johnny Sexton's looking at but I've signed him up for a farewell tour now, so. <laughs> he's got a dart in a cap going jeez I could look as good as that Paul O'Connell fella leave this rugby behind me <laughs> Well, uh, listen, that was a tasty news round. Whew. Tell you what, it's the heat. I apologise. Apologise, Mick. I didn't mean any of it. Gonna get the a heat is getting to me. Book of advice here so now. So we've got John Giles, Brian O'Driscoll, Philippe O'Claire. You're in here till 10 o'clock, buddy. Calm the hell down at some stage. And we'll have updates on Shamrock Rovers from Stephen Doyle as well. Uh, Cahill, thank you as always. Thanks, lads. Mick, a pleasure. Oh, nothing but.